Hi, and welcome to Fashion Talks, the podcast about observing the world through the lens of fashion. I'm your host, Donna Bishop. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy you're here today. If you are someone who has felt the pull of two passions or two callings within you, you are going to love today's episode with Seda Rafilovich because Seda is not just a full-time fashion designer having launched her namesake outerwear brand, which we're going to get into, but she is also a full-time physician. And not only is she both of these things here in the greater Toronto area, but she began both of those passions while living in Russia. And we talk about designing in Russia before she immigrated here to Canada. We talk about what it means to have those two pursuits, those two uh, dualities within you and how you honor both of them. You are going to want to pop in your earbuds and like go for a walk or just take it in because while Seda may not be a household name right now, she is a source of inspiration. Let me tell you a little bit more about her. Seda, a prominent figure in the Canadian medical industry and the founder designer of namesake outerwear brand Seda, first embarked on her life in Eastern Europe, surrounded by robust architecture and scenery. Constantly taking inspiration from her surroundings, Seda pursued a career in medicine while simultaneously launching a successful outerwear business in Russia. After immigrating to Canada in the late 90s in pursuit of a better life for her and her family, Seda retained as a physician, being mentored by one of the first pioneers to develop geriatric care programs in hospitals, ultimately leading to her to becoming the head of geriatric care at the Scarborough Health Network, SHN as it's also called. In the decades since pursuing her medical craft, Seda remained steadfast in her passion for timeless fashion and outerwear, taking inspiration from her travels through Canada and the United States. It is because of this and her love of cooler climates that Seda launched her namesake outerwear brand, featuring an array of all-season timeless outerwear using only the finest materials from Italy, handcrafted and small batch produced in Canada. Let's get to the conversation. Seda, thank you so much for joining me today on Fashion Talks. I'm really excited to have our conversation. Thank you for inviting me, Donna. I'm really, really excited to have it today, too. Well, I'd love to start with just a little bit of your story. How did you get here? You have such an interesting journey with your fashion and your medical career. How did you get here? Yeah, well, that's quite a story. Story, Donna. I think. I mean, I um, I think I was born with this conflicting hemisphere spheres, which were dueling with each other, like throughout all my life. People say to know. Well, I heard this many times from people to say what you really are passionate about. Try to recall what you played when you were a child. So, as far as I remember, I played two games. One was playing a doctor. And my great-grandmother was my eternal patient there. And the other one was dressing up paper dolls with paper clothing, which I would draw myself. And I could spend hours there too. And um, I also we also had this, you know, like um, chest full of embroidery patterns, my grand-grandmother's too. And I could spend hours going through those too. So having said that, I'm coming from like 
five generations of physicians. So I was influenced and I became a physician at the end of it. But I mean, this shapes and colors and patterns and dresses kept popping up. And then um, in my 20s, late 20s, I tried to launch a line of outerwear and we did that and it was quite successful back then. Um, and that was in Russia before you immigrated, right? Yeah, that was right after um, USSR fell apart. So mm-hmm. Russia of 90s. And um, then again, this dwelling hemispheres and I went back to medicine. I kind of stepped out of that business and went back to medicine and continued with medicine ever since up until now. And then I um, immigrated to Canada years ago, just in the search of a better life for me and my kids, you know, as many other generation did before me. So, and I found this life here, I should say. I mean, it was very, very fulfilling. And I continued my medical, you know, career up until now, like, and it's blooming. Um, Closer to 2019, 2020, there was somehow a bit of space around me in my life. um, I positioned myself into medical career pretty well. Mm-hmm. And uh, my kids grew up, and there was this moment when uh, I thought, "Okay, um, now what?" You know, and then COVID hit. Yeah. Then COVID hit, and um, it brought several important realizations to me. Honestly, one was how important it is for all of us to remember who we actually are to have joy in our lives, no matter Mm -hmm. what, to have brightness and fulfillment. And then the other one was how fragile our um, world is, our supply chain is, how difficult it could be to get what what you need. We take it for granted, but hey, (laughs) you know. Absolutely. Right? Ruined in one moment. And um, and there is still this dueling at the background, right? I wanted I want to hear more about that dueling in a minute. But before we get there, I love asking everyone who comes on Fashion Talks this question. All of us who love and work in fashion, I think, have an understanding that clothing, when we get dressed in the morning, we're doing something more than just protecting our bodies from the wind, the rain, the sun. There is a, it's a tool for so many things. There's power in when there's power in getting dressed. And, you know, you mentioned playing with paper dolls as a young girl. I'm wondering if you have a moment where you became really aware of the power of fashion, the power of clothes. Yeah, totally. Well, I think that um, clothing has, I don't remember myself thinking that clothing is just to protect ourselves from elements. I always kind of knew that there is something more to that. But this moment, which I think you're talking about, came years later. And I remember, I actually remember that day. Oh. I was, yeah, I mean, I was thinking back and I, I know, I know that day I was sitting somewhere and I was just entertaining this idea 
of why clothing is so important to me, you know, why I like to dress up, why I like to look the way I look, you know, why I used this kind of, you know, stuff um, to dress. And I realized that in a sense, I'm creating this facade of beautiful, sparkling woman so that nobody can get actually inside and about all my, you know, insecurities or whatever else. So it was almost like suit of armor for me. And then I thought, okay, no, wait a minute. We have to take it the other way around, totally. You have to actually connect to your strengths, which we all have. You have to, you know, let go of your insecurities. And then clothing becomes the projection of your your strengths and your inner world to outside. And that's, with that in mind, I created this um, Seda line for women who are not afraid of being a statement inside and out, you know, who like to dress because they're so free and so beautiful within, you know? They don't like to blend. They don't have to blend, you know? They're not afraid of standing out, although it's not their purpose in life to stand out necessarily, right? They're just not afraid of being who they are you know so I that's such a beautiful description of how because I think we I think there's that common kind of fashion is armor or fashion is expression and you so beautifully described how they can be both at the same time and sometimes it's our internal understanding maybe we don't change what we wear on the outside but internally we can understand differently how we're using it Oh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And our understanding of fashion definitely changes and grows as we change and grow, matures as we mature, you know? Absolutely. And and Seda, I just, I, it boggles my mind that you are a full-time physician at a very busy hospital, as well as, as a fashion designer. Like, can you give us a sense of like, how do those two worlds meet? Like, are you designing in between doing rounds? Like, how are you like literally making that happen? Because my brain is exploding just thinking about it. Well, I mean, my brain is exploding doing that too. I should say, Donna, like I won't pretend. Um, I, um, I didn't want to choose Donna. I did chose already once in my life. I didn't want to do it again. Mm-hmm. So I made this conscious choice, still a choice, of doing two together as much as I can do. And I mean, there are sacrifices to that too, right? And yes, it's very long working hours. I don't design between the rounds. Between the rounds, you're dedicated to your rounds and to your you know, patient, to people you care for. Yeah. So, but after rounds, that's when you get to this office and you put the lights on and, you know, and you start to look into stuff and uh, ideas come. There is no weekends. I just take a pause whenever I think I need a pause just to rejuvenate and recuperate. And then I go again. But doing these two things together, I think, feels creativity in both of them fits creativity in both of them. I feel more creative and more empowered 
in each of the fields by combining them and doing them together. Um, and that gives me sense in life because I think that sense in life comes when we are creative, when we really can put out our uh, creative energy, which we're um, full of, you know. And I hear you me. saying that keeping both, because I think a lot of people might have those dual voices or inclinations within them, but the common assumption is that we need to choose. And when I hear you saying, you said, I'm not going to choose, it actually made both stronger within you. It was like by keeping both alive, you were able to push even further in both of those areas of your life. I think that that's what it is. You put it beautifully. The only thing which I would probably caution against there is I'm not suggesting that people are scattered and do, you know, many, many, many things at all at once and, and, and start one and drop and start another and drop. I, that's not what I'm saying. But there are certain mm-hmm. things in our lives which we feel, which don't, which we cannot let go of. And those things we have to fulfill, I believe. And we all know for each other, for, for, for ourselves, what these things are. And we have to pursue that. I think that otherwise our life doesn't get really fulfilled. But when doing that, I think that persistence is is also a key. There is a choice. There is always a choice. So the most, I think, difficult choice we all face in our lives is what do we really want to do? What are we really passionate about? So we have to spend some time entertaining these questions, I think, for ourselves. But once they're answered, you have to pursue the answer. It's not enough just to think about it. You need to take action and and move forward. Totally. Totally. As a fashion designer in Russia in the 90s, like what a historic place and time to be designing to be in Russia. Can you share a little bit about what, like, what was your vision there? How were you designing? What was fashion like in Russia in the nineties and how have you evolved and how have things shifted for you? Because obviously geography is different. Time of life is different. Like what an interesting arc as a fashion designer. Yeah, no, totally. Um, so, um, in Russia, you have to you have to understand what you have to know what Russia in nineties was. Uh, it just opened up, and the world was really uniform. Communist world was really uniform. We didn't have much access to fashion. We had like a couple of designers, which were um, doing their thing, but we didn't have really much, you know. And yeah. then the world opened up and we were like kids playing with the toys. You know, you bring a kid to the toy store and all this world is around you and you want to do this and that and, and everything, you know. So um, that's what it was. I think that we were still looking for our own styles back then. We were still um, trying to see what we want and how we want. 
We were doing way more elaborated style than what I'm doing now. Since then, as I matured, my understanding of myself and how I see clothing and fashion matured. And on one hand, my uh, styles became way simpler, but also cut became more precise and sharper. Detailing is simpler, but fabrics are richer, you know, and colors. Because back then we didn't really, I don't know, we somehow stayed with neutral palette, mostly, <laughs> mostly. But now I think, hey, let's do colors, you know, let's, uh, that's amazing, actually. What do you think you learned as a designer in those early days when you were designing in Russia that you bring with you still now? In my early days in Russia, and uh, that continues with me up, on, up until now, I, uh, I'm really inspired by beautiful women. I always has been. And um, this beauty of feminine energy, this inspiration which beautifully dressed woman can bring with her is to me uncomparable on one hand. And those styles change. This inspiration stays forever on one hand. On the other, I think that I learned to not let go of craftsmanship of detailing, put it always forward, never compromise on any quality anywhere. I always wanted to do the best. And that was my inspiration in Russia. And this remains my inspiration here. I want to do the best possible product I can in my current circumstances, you know? Yeah. So that's what I'm trying to do. Craftsmanship is important. Quality is important. I would say producing locally is important. It's very important for me to make it in Canada. I don't know. I like tomatoes brought on local <laughs> farmer's market. And I truly, really appreciate buying clothing which are made locally too. Yeah. I can hear your love of of the the honed beauty of of being a fashion designer. When you when it was COVID and you found that little bit of space and you were like, you know what, maybe now is the time. Like, what was going through your head now? Like, how did how did your outerwear line kind of start to take fruition? How did it move from what was swirling in your imagination to what is available now? Yeah, I mean, when this space and when all these thoughts arose at COVID time, I kind of looked back a bit in my life, looked around, scanned the landscape. And uh, I mean, fashion couldn't have gone unnoticed there. It was like a big elephant in this room, you know? So that's how I decided to attend to the elephant. Um, and then, uh, it was really no doubt in my head that if I want to do to return back to doing fashion, it will be outerwear. 
because I think that outerwear is one of the most fulfilling pieces in the whole fashion industry. How come? Say more about that. Yeah. So I love Four Seasons. It brings so much inspiration, different landscapes, different flowers, different colors, different feelings, you know. So I love Four Seasons. So in Four Seasons, you have to have some outerwear. There is no doubt about it. This is something which you can use throughout the year in different forms and shapes. Outerwear does allow for layering, which I love too. And it allows for absolutely different textures and fabrics and feelings. You can use silk, you can use cashmere, you can use wool, you can use um, different, different kinds of fabrics which feel and express differently. You can elevate any look with a beautiful outerwear piece. So that's that was not even a question in my mind that if, if I return to that, if I try that, then that's what it would be. And um, yeah, and with my kind of matured understanding of what clothing is and how I want it to be and um, what I understand about myself and, you know, my fellow women, um, that's the result. I think we're having a cultural moment where women are stepping into a continued authentic, which I know is an overused word, but like a very genuine sense of their power at all stages of their lives. Like we still want to be visible, relevant, starting new things. It's okay to be in our forties, fifties, sixties and say, you know what, this is something that I'm going to start for the first time. And I think you're so emblematic of that, like of just continuing to bring all these elements of yourself together even with an already established career, do you feel that energy like in society that women are continuing to build our power? Very much so. Um, I think that it's not probably even just women. It's everybody. It's like individual has to continue building the power. Women for me are especially inspiring from that perspective. I honestly think that, and I mean, maybe it's overused too, but I, I really truly think that age is just a number in your passport. Mm -hmm. Actually, as old as what we put in our heads. I often think, what happens if we didn't know our date of birth? What would have happened? How would we, you know, identify ourselves? what would be our thinking about ourselves, you know? So, and really, I mean, to me, you're as old as you think you are. And at any age, I feel life has to be full and inspiring. Really. And how does fashion become part of that inspiration, not just for you as a designer, but how do you think fashion can keep us inspired as the people who wear your beautiful outerwear, who wear clothes made by other individuals? I think that each piece of clothing 
in it. And I, again, I mean, I'm maybe overusing all this and um, I'm not trying to um, be original here, but that's my, that's my firm belief that each piece of clothing or any creation for that sake carries the energy which has been embodied in this creation by the creator. So all the love and all your effort and all your thoughts which you put into the piece you're producing stays with this piece. So when somebody starts using it, this energy translates. I feel that once you put on, for example, getting back to the clothing, my coat, you feel how much love we all put into, into creation of this code. It translates to you and it gives you this power, you know, moving forward. And that's what I think passion does. Passion is an imprint of beautiful minds, you know, which you can use and carry. And, and that gives you well, empowering some, some empowerment too, you know? Absolutely. And I think you're continuing that energy with a philanthropic campaign that you are launching. Can you tell us a little bit about why bring that into your brand and, and what, what it's, what, what, what is that, that you're hoping to continue to contribute? Yeah, I'm really proud of that. Uh, so to me, it's, um, attempt to bridge my two lives and bring them into one. So Sierra um, is putting philanthropic effort into area which is close to home, I think for everybody, for me, certainly, um, and it's geriatrics care. We partnered with SHN Foundation and we're trying to raise money and awareness Towards the area of healthcare, which is greatly underserved and is in a great need, it's geriatric care. It's our parents, it's our mothers, our grandmothers. It's us as we age too. So um, it's 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 really a very important campaign for for me, and um, we are going to donate five percent of each single purchase towards that goal and this campaign will go throughout the whole year 2023 wow yeah well i my ambition is to continue doing this kind of stuff moving forward too i just don't know what kind of shape it will take moving forward but i know for sure up until december of 2023 that's what it is so we're launching this campaign on may 11th which is closer to mother's day to give a hug to our moms. And um, I'm, I really like our slogan too, a hug to those who hold us up. I think it's a beautiful slogan. And many, you can put it in many ways. You can give sense to it in many ways. Code feels like a hug. Our um, donation feels like a hug towards those who we love and who hugged us at some point in our lives and still continue doing that, giving us their warmth and, and support. So that's what we're launching. 
And um, I hope it will be successful. Well, and we will put links in the show notes for anyone who's interested in learning more about the campaign. And Seda, I just want to thank you so much. You are such a inspiration in terms of all of the things that you're bringing to the world with medicine as well as with fashion. If people want to learn more about you, learn more about your outerwear brand, where can they find you? Uh, We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, and we have our website. We'll link them below. And that's Seda, S-E-D-A. Seda, thank you so, so much for being here. I really appreciate your time and conversation. Thank you, Donna, for inviting me. That was a really good talk. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me here on Fashion Talks. If you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with your friends, your family, on your networks. It would mean the world to me. Fashion Talks is done in partnership with the Canadian Arts and Fashion Awards. You can find out more about them at CAFA Awards, C-A-F-A-W-A-R-D-S on Instagram. This episode was produced by Jason Perrier. You can find him on Instagram at a Jason Perrier. You can follow the pod at Fashion Talks Pod, and you can follow me at This Is Donna B. All of us on Instagram. I hope you will join us again next week. Thank you so much, and have a great day. Mm-hmm.